This is the Mountain Park Church Podcast. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor here at Mountain Park. I hope you're having a great day. I wanted to just set some things up before we dive into the content today. This message comes from a portion of a live message that I preached this past week here at our church in Niagara Falls, Canada. And uh, it's part of a really special Sunday, actually the first two Sundays of every December for the last number of years have been um, special and unique. God has called us to some special things. This past weekend was what we call our giveaway offering Sunday, where we give 100% of everything that comes in to meet needs in our church family, specific needs uh, represented by people and families that are experiencing great obstacles, great need. This is something that we discern well in advance as a leadership circle. We dig into uh, just asking Jesus, how do we be faithful with this? Who are you inviting us to to bless and we've had the privilege over the last number of years of pouring out God's blessing through his people to local families within our church. In the second year that we did this, well, our sense actually was that God was calling us to give an, this offering to another local church pastor who's connected here in Niagara Falls. He's not even part of the same tribe or denomination we're a part of. And it was amazing for me to sit across the table at a Starbucks with him a few days after this offering and present him a check, I think of over $16,000 from our church and just say, look, our church felt compelled by the Spirit to bless you. We have, there's no strings attached here. There's no sort of underlying conditions or anything like that. We just, uh, we feel called to bless you. Over the years, our church has been able to bless missionary families that have gone out from this church men and women with their kids that have lived, literally given up everything, sold everything and moved across the world. God has allowed us to bless them. Missionary uh, families connected to us working in Northern Ontario. And it's been a huge privilege and pleasure to be able to do that. In fact, over the last number of years, $189,000 has been given since 2017, the year we started this, has been given and all of that has been given away in this first week of December. This for us is deeply connected to the vision that God has been releasing to us and through us this fall, this thing we've been calling Vision 2030, which really comes out of Matthew 6, nine and 10, Father, would your kingdom come, would your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The vision that he's given us, that he's called us to, is to see and to be a catalyst, men and women who are catalytic in the invasion of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven through them. The key thought we've been sharing in the last number of months is that our lives are meant to be the place where heaven touches the earth. Your life and my life are meant to be the place where the stuff of heaven meets 
the realities of the earth. And this giveaway offering Sunday is a way that we become together the place where heaven meets the earth. We've been talking about this over and over that that it's great to have that vision, but how are we gonna do that? We're gonna do that by living the way of Jesus for the renewal of Niagara. And again, this giveaway offering is a way that we pattern our life after Jesus's life of reliance and trust on God. I think I share this in the message, but two years into this giveaway offering, we used to do this on the third Sunday of December for the first couple of years. We did this after we would take a year-end offering for the growth and expansion of our church. We still do that year-end offering on the second week of December. That's coming up this coming weekend where we call our people to give above and beyond what they normally give so that we can go further than we normally could toward expanding God's mission and vision through the life of our church. What we sensed the Spirit challenging us to a number of years ago was to invert the order. And so clearly one fall, I think it was in 2018, 2019, I think, I just sensed the Spirit say, Andrew, I'm gonna call you to a deeper measure of trust and faith. I'm gonna call you to step in the river a little bit further. And I want you to have the giveaway offering first. And at first I deeply, I deeply struggled with this. And I had all of the usual hangups that many of us have. God, how do I know that I can trust you with our year-end offering? What if everybody gives in the giveaway offering and nobody gives in the year offering, a year-end offering? And and what if we, you know, we're, we're giving all this to the marginalized and the poor and those that are facing extreme circumstances, but we can't further the ministry of your church. I had all of these sort of things that I was talking to God about. And he just kept impressing on me, you need to do this as a counterformative step of faith. This is how you form trust in me. This is how you form the kingdom in you as a whole church. And so this giveaway offering is a way that we pattern our lives after the life of Jesus's reliance and trust on the Father. So um, for us, as we've talked about this vision 2030 and the invasion of God's kingdom in heaven as it is on earth in Niagara through men and women, not through Sunday services, but through men and women who are these living cathedrals of God's presence and power. I'm substituting that word cathedral for Paul's temple language in Corinthians. What we see are men and women that are filling the region of Niagara, that are carrying the potent presence and authority and power of the Father into enemy territory, into the dark spaces, the broken spaces of our region and our city, bringing the kingdom of God to bear on the gates of hell, which Jesus said would not prevail on the kingdom of God. And uh, this giveaway offering is a way that we enter into that. It's a way that we enter into formation, into the image of Jesus. And the, the beginning place of renewal and revival of spiritual awakening, the beginning place 
of the invasion of God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven begins with this word that we've been unpacking for a few weeks now, consecration. This comes from a number of months ago. The Spirit sort of began directing me to Joshua chapters one to five. And what he began to really key in on for me was Joshua 3, 5. Joshua told the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. And I think I quote this in the message, but this week, I just, what I sense the Spirit saying is, Andrew, every great outpouring of God's presence on earth has been ignited. It's been preceded and ignited by men and women who first walked through the fire of consecration. What God is calling us to is one area of consecration. There's more than this, but one area of consecration that is near and dear to his heart is the consecration of your bank account and your resources for his kingdom. Well, that was one of the things that would have been included for the Israelites as they're on the banks of the Jordan is a consecration of their provisions. Actually, that's what Joshua says. Get your provisions together, consecrate yourselves because we're gonna cross the Jordan. And so what Jesus is inviting us into is to begin to step into his purposes and calling a new season, an epoch in the life of our church, in your life, in your family, in your work, in God's calling for your life. And consecration is the beginning place of that. Part of the act of consecration, the, the necessary ingredients of consecration require activity and action. Consecration is not just a theology or doctrine to intellectually grasp. It by its very nature demands that we do something with it. And for Israel, the next part of this journey of consecration was stepping into the Jordan, the flooded waters of the Jordan, and seeing God work on their behalf. And this is what I'm calling you into. This is what we're calling ourselves into in the life of our church today. We have a calling to step into another season, another epoch in the life of our church. And we can't do that unless we walk through a season of consecration. That's literally what we believe God has said the prophetic word for the life of our church in 2024 is, is enter in as we're on this threshold to enter into a season of consecration. And we could consecrate many things in our life. And our culture, even though we don't use that word consecration, our culture enters into consecration all the time. God has invited us to be men and women who would be willing to walk into the fire of consecration so that we can be part of and see his kingdom come on the earth as it is in heaven. There's areas of your life you can consecrate. I just kind of jotted a few down. You can consecrate your activities, meaning you can consecrate what you watch. What are you watching? You can consecrate the places you go. Where do you spend your time? What are the places your feet are carrying you these days? You can consecrate 
the types of things you hear, the content that you're hearing. Is what you're watching and hearing and the places you're going, are they honoring to God? You can consecrate your thoughts. This is one we have to do all the time. God calls us into having consecrated motives, even working deeper than the external stuff. Uh, he wants to actually get to a, a heart motive place in our lives where even our motives for doing something are tested through the fire of consecration. He invites us to consecrate our priorities and our time. And he invites us to consecrate our bank accounts. It's not a super popular one to talk about. But we're going to talk about that a little bit today. I want to tell you a story. And the reason I'm telling you this story is because this connects into this passage in Joshua that we've been immersing ourselves in. And we'll read a little bit of it in a few minutes. But I want to tell you a story. In February 2017, Pastor Herm, who is my dad and was the lead pastor at the time here, and the leadership of this church, they approached myself and a couple other people with just a simple question. Would you be willing to come and walk with us into a season of transition? They had been working on a, a transition and succession plan here uh, with another former pastor that di didn't work out for, for good reasons and there was nothing inherently wrong with what was going on. But they were in a major season of change and transition and they had approached a few of us about joining on to the, the leadership here. This leadership team that was functioning at this time sensed God's calling on them into a, a significant step of faith in order to set the stage actually for what we are about to walk into and enter into here. You know, the last six and a half years that I've been here in this role, in this kind of season, we, ha we haven't actually moved yet into the things that I believe that they were um, stepping into in faith. We're about to do that, but we hadn't have not yet moved into those. So they sense God's calling to step out in faith in a massive way so that the stage would be set for renewal in the life of this church in the coming years and seasons. The problem was that in the natural, from a human perspective, they had no capacity to bring on other staff. They didn't, they weren't, their bank accounts weren't flush with resources to be like, hey, who are we going to hire? What are we going to do? How are we going to make this happen? They had no human capacity to enter into the things that they were sensing the Spirit inviting them into in faith. So, I want to show you, and this will connect. I want to show you, and we pulled this up this week, two just little snippets of our bank account balance 
in early 2017. I want to show you this first one. This was the reality of our bank accounts. We didn't have separate accounts uh, filled with money and savings. That was what was there. As the leadership began to sense God's stirring and invitation to step into faith in this season. Let's just show that next one, Wesley. Specifically, on the very first weekend that uh, I was back here and around here, there was $291.72 in the bank account. And you could see sort of how it fluctuated there. The men and women who were leading in this season sensed a calling from God to operate in faith, but they had nothing to back them up in the human and in the natural. They invited me on, and after a process of discernment, I said yes, and there was uh, some others involved in that too. But there were no trends in giving <laughs> in the life of the church that would have said, all right, this is a smart and wise thing to do. Why don't you guys just go ahead and do that? There was nothing in the human and in the natural that would suggest this is smart and this is wise. There was just a, a growing conviction from the Spirit of God that they needed to take a risk. They had no idea how they were going to pay their operational bills, let alone add a few part-time salaries into the mix. My starting point was quarter time, and there was somebody else who was quarter time. And so it wasn't a huge load, but there still was not a, a significant fallback if things didn't go the way that they were anticipating them. They had no idea how they were going to support the vision that they believed God was calling them into. This, in the first few years that I was here, I viewed this uh, regrettably, actually, in a negative sense. But I actually, I feel like actually it was last year, the year before, the Holy Spirit really convicted and corrected me. And he said, no. That wasn't negative, that was raw faith in me and my ability and my capacity. Andrew, you're looking at a bank account with minuses in front of it. That's a human way to assess the situation. What this was, was men and women who had raw faith that I could do what they could not on their own. This is the kind of faith that only can come from the Holy Spirit. This brings me back to where we are in Joshua, chapter 3, verse 8. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. I want to remind you that the Jordan at this particular time was in its flood stage. This was in its flood stage from the spring thaw. It was 
overflowing the banks of the river. I don't know if you've ever been around a river that is experiencing a flood stage kind of event. I, I have actually the very first summer that we moved to Lethbridge in Alberta, they had a massive massive flood. The Old Man River ran over its banks like 20, 30, 40 feet. And the swath of destruction was incredible. The flow of the water was multiple times faster than it is at normal sort of river heights, whatever you want to call that. I don't know what the technical term would be, but what God is inviting them into is to step into a flood This is not, hey guys, I'm going to wait until the the peak of the drought season. Then when there's this little piddly trickling stream, why it'd be a good idea to cross. For some reason in his kingdom, God always decides to do do things that test our rational brain. And so he invites them to cross in the middle of a flood. Not when they can do it with their own capacity and with their own strength and with their own human agency and ingenuity. He invites them to do it when they can't do it. And what he invites them to do is not stand on the bank of the river and look at it. He doesn't invite them into a theology of what God could do. He invites them to do what? To step in the water. Get your feet wet. It's not until your foot touches the water that God's kingdom and his presence become activated. It wasn't as they were standing, looking at it, and pontificating about what God could do or what he, what he might want to do or, or what the doctrines that would be correct would be or, or how we would best think about it or rationalize it. It wasn't as they were doing that that God just sort of made a way. It was as they stepped in, as their feet touched the water. To step in was a risk of their very lives. To step in meant they were fully putting their life in God's hands, not just theoretically, but actually. Like, if this doesn't work out, God, we've got no fallback plan. We've got no plan B. We've got no other options. To step in was to move from ideas about God into encounter with God. And this is one of the primary things God is calling us to build a culture in the life of our church that is not an ideas about God culture, but an encounter with God culture. But in order to do that, you have to move beyond the safety of the sand on the shore and be willing to step in. I love this is what David says. I wonder if he was reflecting on this when he said in Psalm 29, the Lord rules over the floodwaters. The Lord reigns as king forever. The floodwaters of the Jordan made a river that was crossable in some seasons, an impossible obstacle. The floodwaters represent a unique surge of overwhelming force that is too powerful and too dangerous to navigate with human strength and agency. The floodwaters of the Jordan represented something that is beyond human strength and agency, something that only God has power to subdue. And this was the invitation of Israel in this story. 
if you want to move into the place of promise, if you want to step your feet on the ground that I have called you to possess, it is going to require a different way of living, not a way of living that's rooted in your human capacity and agency, but a way of living that is anchored to my capacity and ability. And this was a test for the Israelites, a test to understand that what is impossible for us is possible with God. A test to understand in lived reality that what cannot be accomplished in our own strength is not an obstacle for God. I think that in this season, this threshold season, God wants to break limitations in your thinking. God wants, in mind too, God wants to break limitations in your thinking of what is possible with your own strength, with your own resources, with your own capacity, with your own wisdom, with your own spiritual gifts even. God wants to absolutely obliterate the limitations and the cap that you've placed on what God could do in your marriage, in your family, in your business, at school, in your bank account, in your finances. So in February of 2017, these leaders here in a very real way put their feet into the waters of the flooding Jordan. In a very real way, without a, a backstop behind them, they said, God, if you're not in this, if you're not directing this, then this ship is going to crash and burn. And in a very real way, they took a tangible step into the kingdom, into the reality of God, and they put God to the test. What I once saw as failure, oh man, you guys, what was wrong with you? Were you not stewarding things properly? Or, you know, was it just a kind of a weird season I now see as the breeding ground for a move of God. And you, maybe in your life, you have these like, let's do parallel learning. You have these bank account statements that you're looking at in your life. It may not be your actual bank account, but there are things that you've tallied up in your life and your determination is it's impossible. I can't do it. It's not going to happen. God could never rewrite this. God could never redeem this. God could never work in this in the way that I thought maybe he once could. Maybe you've been staring at those bank balances so much that it's discouraged you beyond your capacity to even continue praying. And the calling of God on your life and on my life is to acknowledge what is true and what is real and then to take a step off the safety of just evaluating what's happening in your life to actually a place of faith that brings you into dependence on God. So I just have a question for you. What in your life looks impossible right now? Where's that thing that you have deemed too big, too high, too complex, too broken, 
too painful, too whatever, just fill in the blank. What is that thing that is before you, that flooded Jordan? What is it? I believe that in these days and in these weeks and as we lead into this next seven years in the life of our church, God wants to absolutely obliterate our human centered, limitation riddled way of viewing God. He's so small for us. It's so sad. And I face this too. We have made God so small and he, we've reduced him to what we can dream or imagine, what we can accomplish in our own strength. Here's what happens. Joshua 4, 1 to 13. Liz, you can come on up. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each tribe of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it on your shoulder, 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial in the future. Your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? Then you can tell them. They remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. So the men did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan River, one from each tribe, just as the Lord had told Joshua. They carried them to the place where they camped for the night and constructed the memorial there. Joshua also set up another pile of 12 stones in the middle of the Jordan at the place where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant were standing, and they are there to this day. The priests who were carrying the Ark stood in the middle of the river until all of the Lord's commands that Moses had given to Joshua were carried out. Meanwhile, the people hurried across the riverbed, and when everyone was safely on the other side, the priests crossed over with the ark of the Lord as the people watched. The armed warriors from the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh led the Israelites across the Jordan just as Moses had directed. These armed men, about 40,000 strong, were ready for battle, and the Lord was with them as they crossed over the plains of Jericho. This is why I showed you our bank records. Those bank records are stones of memorial. They are the stones that we picked out of the middle of the Jordan, out of the middle of what was impossible for men. Those bank records are a, a memorial of the presence and power and capacity of God. When we give ourselves in trust to him, to his ability, to his nature, to his goodness, to his faithfulness, when we take the risk to step out of that place of safety and into a place of faith, God marks those places. And that bank statement is a memorial stone in the life of this church that there were men and women of radical raw faith 
that put that faith to the test and we are living in the fruit of that. The whole nation of Israel was blessed because the men and women who needed to stepped into the water. The things that God is calling you to for your life aren't just about you. They're about your family. They're about your neighborhood, your neighbors and your coworkers. They're about Niagara itself as a region. The purposes of God for your life don't just revolve around your private little interactions with Him. When you say yes to stepping into the flooded Jordan River, you're not just experiencing the blessing of God for yourself. You are opening a way for others to encounter the presence and power of God. You're opening a way for others to walk in their calling, in their purposes. And what those leaders did in 2017 in February was a tangible demonstration that they believed that God could make a way. This is the culture and the DNA of this church, if you're wondering. It's not a culture I created or this is what has been here since literally since 1975 when it was founded, is a culture of trusting God in action, not just in doctrine and theology. And our Western church is so puffed up with doctrinal beliefs that we don't put into practice. God is calling you today and me to be the kind of people that are willing to step off the sand and get our feet wet. That's why, man, maybe we'll talk next week, which is our year-end offering service next week, about what God did in that first year. Because in June of that year, as we were still kind of struggling along, God gave us this idea to have a year-end offering as uh, a step into the Jordan type moment where we could practice what we say we believe. A step into the Jordan moment where we could actually say, God, we trust you and we're willing to give above and beyond our regular giving to see your kingdom come. When we were talking about that as a leadership in June and in July of 2017, I remember sitting around the circle and people were like, how could we even do that? Like what, we have no basis to be able to, to think the way you're asking us to think, Andrew. But in faith, they agreed to try it. And in 2017, in whatever the day was, the second week of December, we had our first year-end offering. And I was so nervous. I had no idea what to expect. And we did what we're going to do next week. And we had some offering kind of stuff at the front and we invited people. And this is what I'm calling you to this week, pray and ask the spirit, what would you want me to give next week above and beyond my normal giving? How can I sow into, how can I step into the water tangibly in your kingdom? We invite people on that week to come and bring their offering physically to the front. And I'll, I was so terrified as I, as I stood here and invited people. I had no idea if anybody would come to the front. And this long line began to form 
and it snaked around the whole building. And it wasn't about what people gave, like the amount, it was about a willingness to step into the Jordan and to do it together. That afternoon, uh, Pat sent an email and basically, do you wanna know what the offering was? And my honest response was, no, I don't, because I'm scared. And uh, she, she sent me that email and I, I actually don't remember fully what it was. I think it was 180,000 or something on that Sunday. And I remember actually feeling a little bit disappointed and discouraged. And I, in some weird way, it was like, God, I, th I, thought, I thought you had more for us. I, and I wasn't sure, I was trying to be happy, trying, I didn't know how to feel. Um, and so the next Sunday, I stood up here and, and put a happy face on. It was like, hey, everybody, like, look at what God did. As I was doing that, I saw with my eyes, somebody run out the back. I had no idea where that person was going. <laughs> As that person witnessed the fruit of hundreds of people stepping into the Jordan, she ran out to my dad's office and he happened to be in there. And this person said, I, I wasn't fully faithful last week. I only gave half of what I, I felt God calling me to give because I was scared. Could I give the other half? And my dad said, oh, okay. She said, that's like 70,000 more dollars. Can I give that today? And he said, yep, yeah, you could do that. And this person gave in response, purely in response to watching the whole body gather together to step into the flooded Jordan. And God began to rewrite a spirit of scarcity and a spirit of poverty and this orphan spirit into a spirit of trust and faith. And next week we have the chance to do that today as you give even today in our giveaway offering today, the whole 100% of every penny and dime that comes in today is going to bless families in our community that are struggling in life right now. In this last year, and this isn't a one-time thing, we've invested just in our church in meeting specific needs for groceries and gas and rent and stuff. We've already, um, God has already given us the privilege to, to disperse out 20,000-ish dollars for just those specific things, groceries, gas, some rent help, uh, things like that. And everything you give today is going to further our capacity to give in these places. And at first, when we did this giveaway offering, we did it after our year-end offering. And a couple of years ago, we just sensed that Jesus was convicting us that that wasn't actually faith in the way that he was inviting us to. And he invited us to reverse the order, to have a giveaway offering first, and then allow me to supply your needs next. So that's why we do the giveaway offering on the very first weekend of December. This is our first fruit offering for what God wants to do 
in the life of our church. These are things that our leadership circle prays through and discerns well in advance and in the days ahead, we will continue to do that. But this is our offering. This is how we as a church don't just say we believe that we trust God. This is how we actually step into the Jordan ourselves as a church. And this year has been a challenging year financially here. This year um, has been challenging in a lot of ways. And, and over the last six and a half years, as we have uh, had these year-end offerings come in, we have discerned and poured them into the building. Most of the building has been renovated over the last six and a half years. The only two spaces that have not are this room here and our large kids space downstairs. And we, we feel God just calling us to continue to steward that. But we've also felt him calling us to not bury our treasure and just hold on to a big bank account but to invest that. And so we're, we're at the end of this six and a half year period. We've actually spent what we feel God has entrusted us to spend. We're back in a faith posture now. We're back in this Jordan River on the banks going, God, we know that you're giving us a vision. We know that you're calling us to bring your kingdom on the earth as it is in heaven. But we're back to 2017, not with $200 in the bank. There's a little bit more than that, but we're back to that place where he's calling us together to step into the Jordan. I wanna call you into that. Would you stand with me? I have a few challenges to you just as we leave this morning. This is not a calling to obligation. This is not a guilt trip. I'm not trying to fundraise here or to use kind of human mechanisms to twist your arm. This is an invitation for you and for me to step into deeper measures of trust in the kingdom. This is an invitation to begin to put God's kingdom economics into reality. So here's my challenge to you. Would you be willing in this season of your life to step into the water of the Jordan? Would you be willing to do something that would produce a memorial for your children and their children after them? Something that your family could look back on and say, do you remember the time when? Do you remember what happened when? God is calling us in the same way these bank statements were a, are a memorial. God is inviting you to do things that test Him, that rely on Him. What is He inviting you to do? His challenge to you is to step into the floodwaters. I have four practical giving challenges for you right now. We never talk about money, but I unashamedly am going to call you 
to four things. Number one, if you've never given, would you be willing to start? If you've never given, would you be willing to start? Number two, if you give, but it's periodically and kind of as you, the wind blows and how you feel, would you be willing to step into regular structured giving? Number three, if you give, but you give out of the leftover, kind of what you can with, you know, what you have left after everything is done, would you be willing to test God by giving your first 10%? Would you be willing to step into the Jordan in that way? And number four, if you do give regularly, first of all, thank you. Or would you be willing to step into the Jordan and give beyond what you give? If giving your 10% is easy and manageable and you can do it, would you be willing to ask Jesus if there's something else he would want from you? So I wanna just invite you to close your eyes just as we close here. So just as we land the plane here today, I wanted to give you a chance to enter into this with us practically. Whether you're here in Niagara or you're not here, maybe God uh, has blessed you through the stuff he's calling us to and challenging us with, and you're looking for a way to partner with us. We would welcome that. If you go to mp.church forward slash give, you can give an offering uh, for our giveaway offering and for our year-end offering that's coming in the second week of December. These, uh, this is a season where we are cultivating faith, cultivating a counterformed life of generosity and dependence on, on God. As a whole church, as a leadership, we want to reorient ourselves uh, out of a self directed, self-sustaining, self-initiated uh, life and into a life of dependence on the Holy Spirit's gifts and power, dependence on the presence of God, on the voice of the Father. And uh, we wanna invite you into that with us. Would you consider joining with us in that by connecting in online and giving to our giveaway offering and our year-end offering in these first weeks of December. We love you, we're thankful for you. We'll see you next week.